Racism, extreme materialism, and militarism are incapable of being conquered. George Bush doesn't care about black people. History Month, but we don't have a White History Month. Well, all we've ever been taught is white history. If it was not for the love and respect shown to me by black women, those right-wing, ultra-conservative, alt-right haters, they would have me believe I'm too black, I'm too confrontational, I'm too tough, and I'm too disrespectful of them. But now, I know I'm simply a strong black woman. in a time where corporations are treated like people and people are treated like things. They promote legislation that attacks voting rights, the poor, LGBT citizens, the immigrant community, and civil rights that are lewd, mean-spirited, and fundamentally contrary to what our democracy is supposed to be about. What is bad is not what they are doing what would be bad is for us not to fight back hey ho let's go this is 102.3 whiv lp we are broadcasting live from whiv studios as well as uh proudly broadcasting on 12 30 a.m wbok did you just cut off reverend barber at the end there no i let him finish i was gonna make mention that he is in town right now (laughs) Uh, and but if you let me get to that, uh, that was Kenny Francis who uh, always. I mean, it would be bad if I didn't do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. I like that. That was good. Uh, people who listen to Resistance Radio will understand that little joke that Kenny just made. Uh, he doesn't make funny jokes often. He does make jokes, but not ones that actually land. That one actually landed. Uh, we are proudly streaming live on twelve thirty AM WBOK. If you are tuning in on WBOK, welcome to Resistance Radio. Welcome to WHIV. I'm Mark Allendary. With me as always. Is my very good friend looking as handsome as always in green uh it, that green it's, it's kelly a, green it's not a good look for you i've told I you so it's not it's not my a, green with my great with it's, my gold shades it's today. not it's i'm just saying but i have not seen a good look on you yet so. i mean the guy who dresses like he's consistently <laughs> in like a bowling alley like this man comes through with his like target johnny cash shirts <laughs> Talking about Dude, my style. That one hurts, Please. man. Whenever you say I'm a low rent and tiny cash, man, that one. That low one rent. Hit. No, I didn't say that low hits. rent. That I didn't say low hard. rent because low rent like is like middle class. I'm saying you're like a Target, <laughs> like Target, not even Target, Target. Johnny, uh, Cash. Johnny Cash. Well, thank you. I, I still appreciate that Johnny Cash is still in the in the words there, because uh, I do. I am the Man in Black, and actually, every iteration of the Man in Black is on uh, WHIV automation. So, every version <laughs> of, of the is. Man in Black that Johnny Cash recorded <laughs> is on our automated system. So, welcome to Resistance Radio, Kenny. What do we got going on today? We have a lot going on. 
in sort of like the future of our show and also right now. And so like before we jump into our topic today, I do want to do a couple of things. One, I'm going to get through the activism update quickly just so that we get that get that out there. And two, I want to give folks an update about some upcoming episodes because we have some more episodes coming for you than we usually do. So let's talk about the episodes first. This month, you're going to be hearing a whole lot of us um, between us between now and the end of the month. Um, precisely, you'll be getting two episodes a week between now and the end of February because partially we have a backlog of episodes of... You're talking about these are going to be pushed as podcasts. Yes. So we're going to be... So two. we, we owe you guys, our listeners, two episodes. One, we owe you the interview we did at the Ace Hotel with Ashton Berry back in... Um, November, November. That, was, that was an amazing interview. And we also owe you guys the podcast for the interview we did last week at the Ace Hotel with Judge Calvin Johnson. So this month we'll be pushing those two episodes out as podcasts. And then and also let me also just say that right now we have two separate podcasts. Okay, sorry. I thought. And the other two that you're going to extra, extra episodes you're going to get this month is we have two very special interviews we're going to be doing actually this week. The first one we're going to be interviewing Mayor Cantrell. We're doing a pre-recorded interview with her this week. And Mark Allen, because unfortunately I'm going to be out of town and not be able to be here for it, but Mark Allen is going to be interviewing... Hopefully, 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 hopefully. interviewing Reverend Barber, who is part of the intro for this show and is an amazing civil rights leader amazing. who also happens to be in town this week right. doing some speaking engagements and events. And so... Actually, I'll um, let you read what he's sure. here to do. Uh, what Reverend Barber is here to do, and we're going to read this, is Rise St. James, the Poor People's Campaign, and the NAACP present a moral revival. Rise St. James is a grassroots organization in Cancer Alley in Freetown, St. James, which is actually not far from here. Hear from keynote speaker Reverend Dr. William Barber and learn about the Formosa Plastics Plant approved for construction near an elementary school. That seems like that's going to be safe. <laughs> the revival is Tuesday, January 29th at 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. on the West Bank of uh, West Bank Reception Hall, 2455 Highway 18 in v- Vachery. 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 Is that yeah. not New Orleans? That's outside of New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. That's So um, what I was also going to say too then, Kenny, was that we also have two streams of podcast running simultaneously. Yes. So, and, and we're going to jump to um, the activist update next, but just so that you guys know that we're going to be cutting off the old stream soon. So the new stream is up and running and the old stream. So uh, we are going to let you guys know uh, before we cut off the old stream so that this way you, you'll have the opportunity to resubscribe to Resistance Radio, both through the iTunes iTunes uh, store, Stitcher, as well as Google Play. So, go and ahead. just to recap that, like I said, this month you'll get your four regular episodes that we do live, and then there'll be four additional podcasts that we're going to put out to get rid of the backlog that we have. Well, not get rid of, but the posted backlog we have, and also to get those new pre-recorded um, interviews we're doing this week. As far as activism updates, I do have two important things I wanted folks to know about. One, tomorrow, that's Tuesday, January 29th at 5:30 p.m. at Propeller. Um, which is 4035 Washington Avenue. High Resolves is having a High Resolves social justice workshop and information session. Uh, what High Resolves is doing is an interactive workshop exploring the theme of social justice. So it's for students, educators, parents, guardians, and community members. Um, through activities and discussions, the participants will explore our collective ability to make personal choices that go beyond charity and more constructively make the world a more just place. Participants will also learn about the learning experiences High Resolves provides for students and educators. And then after the workshops, participants will gain access to a set of high-quality practical resources for guiding young people and exploring social justice at local and global scales. 
Um, and you can find more information by looking up High Resolves at their website, highresolves.com. The second thing that I wanted to point out for folks that's happened this week is if you don't want to go all the way out to Vachery to see um, Reverend Barber, there's actually a, he's actually having an event in the city. Um, there's an, an event on Wednesday the 30th from 6 p.m. at 6 p.m. at the McAllister Auditorium on Tulane's um, campus. It's called Conversations in Color, a conversation with Reverend Dr. J. William Barber. Um, and it's the it's uh, commemorating the 50th anniversary of the Poor People's Campaign and to explain why this work is far from finished. Um, and he's going to be discussing the Eisner Prize, which is a, um, a, a book that he wrote. And he's the president of the Repairs of a Breach and national co-chair of the 2018 Poor People's <laughs> Campaign. And just like an all-around amazing activist that we're very, very, very excited to be interviewing soon. So if you want to go see Dr. Barber and don't want to go out side of Orleans to see him. You can do that on Wednesday, 6 p.m. at the McAllister Auditorium. And then we'll have more information if we are able to uh, get Dr. Uh, Barber uh, on the on air on Wednesday. As of right now, we don't know exactly when uh, he will be on air, but we will, again, put it up as a uh, extra podcast uh, for listeners. And I think what we're going to be doing is getting uh, Judge uh, Calvin Johnson, who was our guest last week uh, for Movement Mondays at the Ace Hotel, will be doing the interview along with me with, cool. with Dr. Barber. Very cool. So we're very excited about that. So I'm going to let you introduce sure. uh, the so rest today of the we're hour. Are, we're going to be talking about about another local issue um to put it simply we have another city ordinance coming up that is not helpful and that is actively going to hurt a lot of people and also help gentrify the city some more and also we've got some oppression thrown in there just for fun um and so i'm going to let our guests introduce themselves and where they're from and we'll get a bit into like the organizations organizations they're from hi i'm sable mongold i'm here representing the bourbon alliance of responsible entertainers and I'm also with my cohort, Damiana. Hello. And yeah, we're basically uh, trying to. Uh, our, the Bourbon Alliance Responsible Entertainers, our mission is to provide a positive community presence through outreach and support of fellow entertainers and advocate for the safety, civil, and labor rights of all individuals in the adult entertainment and nightlife industries. And we are also with. Hey, my name is Ethan Elliston. I'm the director of MACNA, the Music and Culture Coalition of New Orleans. Uh, we work at the intersection of culture, policy, and social justice issues. Great. Um, and so what we're here to talk about with them today is there's an ordinance that has currently been brought forth by council members Kristen Palmer and Cindy Wynn. Um, if you're keeping score at home, that is your council person from the East, Cindy Wynn, and your council person that is covering the CBD the Algiers, French Quarter, Bywater, and Manny, that's Kristen Palmer, have brought forth an ordinance that it's, if you remember last year, and, this, and I'm going to let them go into sort of the context of this, there was a ordinance similar to this that happened last year under the and the Landrieu administration that was defeated right around the same time highly this year. Highly unpopular. Both of these ordinances are highly unpopular. Um, and th I'm going to let you guys jump into like sort of like what's the context behind, like where is this coming from? Sure. So this is essentially um, a resurrected version of the same ordinance that was proposed last year. Um, and it was proposed last year by Stacey Head and, and Mitch Landry that really cracks down on the way that alcoholic beverage outlets are um, sort of governed in the city. Last year it included a provision that would have in that would have mandated monitored surveillance cameras at every business that sells alcohol in the city. That's 
about 1,500 businesses would have been linked into the real-time so like camera network. So, like, the CVS at the corner that sells Correct. booze would have had to have cameras outside yeah. of it. The, the restaurant that sells a whole bottle of wine would have had to have a camera. Anything that sells alcohol would have had to have a camera. That doesn't sound scary at all. <laughs> and that expense was also uh, endured uh, uh, by the uh, business owner, right? Correct. They would have had to pay to install the camera and then pay a monthly fee to have cloud storage for their footage that could then be used um, against them or... And, you know, um, monitored the crime camera. And I'm sure it was made very transparent who had access to said cloud storage footage. And it was for very specific purposes that were previously told, right? Um, It was 20 words in a 22-page ordinance that that said, essentially, um, you will install these cameras and someone can look at them. Right. And someone will come. And and it's amazing how how difficult it is to get camera to have cops wear cameras right yeah and and when they do somehow like the sound mysteriously like the dashboard cam gets turned off right yeah Yeah. right at the peak moment when like something is you know the ideal moment when a camera's supposed to be don't forget to turn off your camera before you shoot a black person the city uh surveillance system it has no transparency and we don't and part of the problem is like dancers concerns are who's voyeuring on us while we're performing And that makes us very so uncomfortable. So just to clarify, the new version of this ordinance not only includes cameras outside, but it would in- install cameras inside as well. Yes. That's sort of what's new from the last time. So, yeah, and it, there's a little bit of difference. So it's not every alcoholic beverage outlet that would have to install a camera. It's everyone that's got some sort of violation. could The alcoholic beverage control board could force you to install these cameras both outside and inside. So fewer cameras, but potentially more... Uh, unconstitutional because they could force you to install a camera in your private business for any number of violations so they can decide it could be a litter violation you could have to install cameras and it conduct right lewd conduct um they can entrap they can harass workers during under uh, they can entrap um and harass workers during undercover stings raids which the atc loves to enact um let's see the they, yeah, they can survey, they can uh, they can cite and shut down, and they allow the city to like automatically issue sus- the same suspension without doing investigations. Can we take a step back here? Can you yeah. explain for folks what is the ATC and what what do they do and what's their role in this? Um, the Alcohol Tobacco Commission, of Louisiana. And so essentially, they are a state-run entity that Fe- federal, I think. No, it's, no, this is it's, Louisiana. It's a state. Oh, it's just a state-run. State, yeah. okay. Um. This, this, so it's a state-run entity that their job is essentially to like issue and then if in bad situations take away liquor licenses, Absolutely. and then they also sometimes essentially like try to operate like cops and like raid bars and stuff. Right, and sometimes they they aren't they have like more they try to enforce like moral legislation that's not popular with New Orleanians. Okay. So it basically, it's the city versus the state, and you know, our city is very liberal and has different um, ideas of what's appropriate yeah. for it. And so the state has a different version of that. I'm going to put this more bluntly and like yes. less kindly than you are. So okay. essentially the ATC are Jeff Landry's cronies yes. who are coming to New Orleans and saying, this is the way that y'all should live your lives. Right. Absolutely. They're trying to, it's a control. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, Jeff Landry's our trash attorney general who more, who moralistically just believes just like the most like hard right Christian conservative views and has used his legislative power to consistently bring up legislation like this. This is the same Jeff Landry who tried to sue New Orleans for taking down the monuments. Right. Yeah. Because he's a great guy right, right. who should definitely be voted for governor. <laughs> right. 
yeah, he would not even come close to winning. So the ordinance. Oh, sorry. It I was going to ask about the ordinance. It makes existing ABOs extremely like difficult to defend so, from closure, so they can close for different reasons. Right. So ABOs, alcohol beverage outlet, yes. just so that we're using the right terms. Uh, the terms. So essentially yes. a bar. So a bar or a, like, a, a liquor store. Liquor. Yeah. Or in your guy, in your case, uh, a place where. Uh, well, uh, the strip clubs are considered adult live performance venues. Okay. So um, we is are that considered an ABO beverage outlets? Okay. So, so if that anyone says. ALPV, that's what we're talking about as well. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, it makes it, it makes it extremely difficult for ABOs to defend their liquor licenses if uh, the rules are so vague as to what makes one a nuisance bar that they can uh, come in and shut down and pull their licenses. And so just to sort of distinguish for folks, because I think if you've been listening to our show for a long time, you will probably remember this conversation we had last year because we covered this ordinance last year when the Landry administration tried to pass it. And what I'm hearing from y'all is like the essential differences here is that the previous version of this in a very broad way said that everybody blanketed. who sells alcohol is going to put these cameras outside. Right. It was and just a this blanket. this new version is saying a couple things. One, it's saying that the only people who have to put the cameras are people who are flagged as a quote unquote nuisance. And I know in a second we're going to explain how you get flagged as a nuisance. That's one. Two, it increases the, the intrusion to saying not only is the cameras outside, there being cameras inside those quote unquote nuisance places. I'm assuming there's still that you have to pay for this thing attached Absolutely. to it. And um, you're fined usually. And as you're well. fined on top of that. Um, and it also appears that there is still the no answer to who's watching the cameras, who gets access to it, how long they keep it. Can this be used in court? Are they violating a bunch of civil rights? We don't know because they won't say anything about it. And also just this is tied to sort of the greater conversation around surveillance that has been happening in our city um, as we continue to put these cameras up all over the place. Right. So and, to, and to deal in it for folks, because I need to do this myself, is if we're, we're talking about cameras and there's several camera conversations, these are not the traffic cameras that no. our mayor said she's taking no. away, which, by the way, they haven't gone away yet. Nope. Just we'll make that point. These are the red, those like red, blue flashing ones that we've seen popping up in corners. Essentially, they would be places would be able to would have to um put those outside and inside their places of business that's the ones that we're talking about there's red and blue quote-unquote real-time crime ones which by the way we have still yet to see any data about crimes that it's supposedly stopping or things that it's doing or who's seeing and it or who has access success. to it exactly um <laughs> You know, big brother. Right. Great idea. Right, right. So the only transparency that we're seeing is on us, not necessarily on the folks that are. Yes, it's yeah. nerds like me reading things that they don't want us to read. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so the so the ordinance that's coming up now um, is going to be voted on on Thursday. It's a hearing. It's the committee hearing. It's the committee hearing. So, and then ultimately, it didn't pass last year because why? It didn't pass. They actually withdrew it last year. So last year, the public, we got the people that we're talking upon to, thousands of complaints, which yeah. is what we're trying to get right now is yeah. uh, public comments, and it got thrown out pretty much immediately. So what happened last year was civic engagement. So yeah, last year, um, this was proposed actually about the exact same time last year, right around right. the holidays. Right, right. They tried to sneak it in. Right. Um, Th this was this was some of the great uh, imagery that we saw of dancers that like kind of. Like wasn't like Mayor Landrew kind of having a was it, was that you that it was me, yeah. <laughs> go ahead say that to explain what it was happened me. yeah we um that made when, the, um, that made the national Landry press attempted to open up Bourbon Street after his lovely construction job that right. you know his we, family worked on um, <laughs> uh, a bunch of us entertainers crashed his um, ribbon cutting right. essentially and he didn't even show up so. right go right. on us 
Oh. Right, right. I also would. You, you stripped him of the pleasure of seeing, of getting that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> since, since, since Sabo went there, I, I also ha- would be remiss to mention that partially where this ordinance is coming from is a group called Covenant House, which under the guise of protect, quote unquote protecting women and girls from has been has been waging a war a moralistic war on dancers for some time and guess whose sister's on the board right palmer no, no, no it's Landry. 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 Landry's Landry's sister. Sister. that's right his Absolutely. sister's on the board right right which also speaks of you know of, tells you all you need to know about where right, his ordinance came right, from right and so the, the the ordinances are we we know that this is not best practices right i mean this is not so if it's not best practices of other communities or other cities aren't doing something like this, where where is this coming from? Why are we seeing these ordinances? Because it seems like if we win again, if y'all win on on Thursday, it's weak. It, it isn't going to be right. Mm-hmm. Then isn't going to. I'm trying to, like it's my journalistic it. hat. Try, I'm <laughs> pretending to wear a journalistic hat, but I wear it. So oh, we're ter- pretending we're not biased. Terribly, okay, sorry, right? Yeah. Sorry. No, <laughs> after th- after we win on Thursday, right? I didn't realize um, I was putting my impartial hat on. <laughs> after we win on Thursday, isn't going to just be the same problem next year? I mean, like, isn't going to just be. Yeah, I just see it as a general. Yeah, it's exhausting, right? I mean, yeah, you can move the microphone over. They're trying to exhaust us, though, you know, like. Speak right into the microphone. Sorry. They want to exhaust us. They want, like, we're already exhausted enough. Right, of course. You know, but. They want to wear us down. Yeah, they're going to come, probably come back every year with it. Right. Yeah. And, and and it just that that sense of, of unfairness for it's just that an overarching war on sex workers nationally here everywhere you know right. and, and and I think something I want to add because I remember we had this conversation the last time this ordinance came up is that all of this beyond like to me I see this as like two issues there's sort of like um, as was just stated the overarching war on sex workers and the moralistic sort of um, origins of that and this idea of controlling women's bodies that's and exactly what it is that's exactly what, what, that's is. what this it is. is Louisiana doing what Louisiana does right um, and then the other issue is this is like surveillance as well this is like terrifying surveillance that like is happening right before our eyes that I think it's doubly bad and this right? technology is already happening in China and terrifying. I, you know, I was going to actually say that I actually saw that. In, I was in China a couple years ago. I was in Tibet. And I will tell you that I was in, in Lhasa, Tibet. And every corner, every, there was cameras everywhere. And there was, there was, they there was like security. social point system. Yeah, it was, it yeah, was, in, it Mirror, was intense. In real life yeah, in it China. was really intense just because Tibet's in China now, right? I mean, and so it was insane to see these cameras everywhere to know that I was being filmed everywhere I was going and these guys with guns heavy heavy militarized guys were openly just walking around Tibet and there was a sense of of just chill I want to go back for a second to the sort of like the moralistic urges of this because I think a point that needs to be made is that a lot of this is being done under the guise of trying to stop sex trafficking and I can take and, this. Go ahead, yeah. Actually, yeah, and this um, is where this is the this is where ultimately this. Uh, so basically, comes the reason from. Bear was founded originally is because in um, originally in 2015 there was Operation Trick or Treat, the first set of ATC raids on strip clubs, and that definitely um, hurt our business a little bit. Um, they closed. Or, they it, closed down a couple of bars. Clo- or several or clubs closed down, um, and then they did it again two years later, October 2017. Bear was formed shortly after that. 
And um, Bear again is the bourbon. Bear the Bourbon Alliance of Responsible Entertainers. Right. Um, but yeah, we uh, a few girls got together. We started it, and you know we don't have running tally of members because of anonymity, obviously. Um, but basically, there was some a salacious expose by uh, Kevin Litton, and he um, also runs with the crew of the Covenant House and all of them. And they basically they wrote. They bit pictures of strip clubs and then just wrote about how they're uh, the problems of human trafficking and sex trafficking, but then also tried to like correlate sex trafficking and human trafficking with the strip clubs, which they found no incidences of any trafficking whatsoever. Um, no arrests were made for human trafficking. Nothing. They just closed liquor licenses, scared women who are working and basically just, you know, kind of rained terror on Bourbon Street and hurt everyone's money. And. No, no arrests for uh, human trafficking. That's like the main takeaway that we got from that. Um, but they they always try to act like they're protecting women, but they're just controlling us. Right. And it also adds to like if what you're trying to stop is human trafficking by putting women out of work who have chosen to do this, they you're might making have to go it more, more vulnerable Absolutely. to said trafficking. Exactly. More so vulnerable, more pimps, cared about, more street um, full service sex workers that would normally just want to like dance in a club, but now they're out of a job, but they still have a family to support, et cetera. Like it, yeah, it absolutely hurts the most vulnerable women and yeah. women of color mostly because it's harder for women of color to get hired at multiple strip clubs. Or if you're a girl with tattoos or if you have an alternative look like, yeah, the clubs are superficial. And if you're at a club where you're comfortable with, you might have to work at a club you're not comfortable yeah. with, or you might have to move to work that you don't want to do. Yeah. Like, because you might not have any other options or you might have a, like a record of, a, you know, a you know criminal record of some sort. And so you can't hi be hired at normal jobs either. The other thing I wanted you to talk briefly about is because remember, we learned this the last time. And I think it bears repeating is like the things that are considered lewd acts or prostitution in Louisiana and the absurdity of that. I'm the one that stick comes if to you mind. Touch your own breast. Yeah. Or that one or, or, or is it if you like can't high slap heels your own or? ass. All right. You can't touch your own breasts. You can't like suggest anything near your pussy or anything like that you i also can't touch other dancers i've gotten in trouble for just even being like sweet with a friend because that's too suggestive isn't there one where it's like if you take your shoes yeah, off yes yeah, that's what it was or one like one foot on the ground at all times just silly, uh, so one, all, there was one, also a rule where you have to be i think it's 14 inches or 18 inches i'm not sure exactly um but you have to be like yeah 18 inches off the ground so like you have to do a dance on a pedestal away from the customer. You're not supposed to have any In contact. In eight-inch heels, yeah. which is very dangerous. Wait, so you have to sit, dance on like a little oh. stool platform, and In sometimes heels. they're slippery. Right, People right. put In drinks heels, on course. them. Yeah. It's just ridiculous yeah, yeah, that yeah. they're policing us. Right, right. If you're tuning in, you are listening to 102.3 WHIV. This is Resistance Radio. I'm your host, Mark Calendary. With me is Kenny Francis. We are talking uh, today with the Bourbon Alliance Responsible Entertainers, also known as it's Bear. Uh, as well as, uh, and, uh, and we are also talking with MACNO uh, as well about the ABO ordinance. The hearing is this Thursday at City Council. Uh, please continue. You were about to say something. Um, Speak in the mic. We were speaking about the platforms being right, dangerous right, for right, dancers. Right. Yes, I can imagine. But like, and how these they just make it hard for us to do our jobs. And the loot, yeah, the loot and lascivious acts are, yeah. they're, yeah, they're absurd mean, and they're outdated and they're ridiculous rules and they're, they, they don't help anyone whatsoever they just police us right i mean put simply you should care about this if you care about a woman having a right to do with her body what they so please sure yeah if you care about supporting women you should care about this because 
so many women are able to like make their money doing sex work, dancing, and and support themselves. Support I, so many women I work with have many children or at least one child that they're supporting. You know, and I mean this like archaic thing of like these lewd acts and and immoral acts and sexual misconduct. It's a strip club. Right. That's the point is that it's supposed to be hot. You know, it's supposed to be sexy. We're supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be hot. Feeling ourselves. They just want to homogenize us. Right, right, right. Milk and cookies go away. Right, right, right. Now, Um, the the issue here is controlling women's bodies. Yeah. I mean, and and as as the white male patriarchy patriarchy is breaking down right and as we are seeing the infrastructure of white supremacy come crumbling down one of the things kenny's looking at me like no way but it's i just it's not that people are fighting but, it but i just find it fascinating that the white guy in the room is like look at all this progress we're making as like the black <laughs> as like the black person and the women are like i don't know what you're talking oh, about I mean, people are getting in it trouble. Is, yes, but. it's slow. I mean, like the fact that people show up and 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 protest. Well, you now know, that Nike's and woke, everything's cool, right? The, well, the, <laughs> well, the, what you what you guys are getting pulled into, and that's a great point. What, yes, very. What good. you guys are getting pulled into is a frequent argument that him and I have, where he thinks that that awareness means progress, and my whole thing is that awareness is good, but awareness without consistent action. And results means absolutely nothing. Awareness without that is simply just I, the white people deciding, I, oh, this is the thing. And let's be oh, very wow, clear. I'm, I'm, a, I'm the son of an immigrant family from North Africa, so I resent being called white. You know that. I don't identify that. I know I let's look bo- it. Let's, let's both I go outside. Let's both it. go outside and try to find our car <laughs> right, keys and right, see what right. happens. Let's go, both go outside and hail a cab. I got it. Okay? I, I understand, but let's just be clear about that. All right. So anyway, <laughs> I appreciate my, my privilege in life. I'm a doctor. I'm male, and I look white. I get it. Okay? Have our docket for next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, that being said, uh, uh, just uh, maybe, so, yeah. Let's bring Macno. Yeah, let's here. bring so, Macno into this and, and so, let us know because there's there's sort of like a double edge awfulness to this specific ordinance, right? So a lot of this ordinance also deals with the way that again that every alcoholic beverage outlet in the city is um, essentially any any sort of incrimination of these outlets, right? So what it also does is it changes the complaint system. Um, and this is a little technical, but currently you can uh, make a complaint against an alcoholic beverage outlet if you live within 300 feet. And if 70% of property owners within 300 feet make a complaint, then it spurs action or it's 10 people within the um, voting precinct. And so if you think about that, there's like 150 or 70 of those in the city, right? What this ordinance also does is it changes the complaint system. So if five people within a half mile make a complaint against a business, it spurs essentially brands them as a nuisance or um, essentially um, like a, problematic. A, a problematic problem in the community, right? And So I want to like unpack that yeah. yes. um, less technically for folks. So essentially what this changes is that if this ordinance were to pass, five homeowners within whatever amount so of... Half a mile, dude. Five, five, five residents or property mile. owners, right? So, yeah. Which is not far. So five homeowners within half a mile of a bar 
could say, I think this place is a nuisance. So it's and not, that I mean, gets them on the list. Think about five people that live on Frenchman Street. No, 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 I'm just clarifying. They can just they can go through and then just and then right. and then everyone and then and then those bars have to put these cameras in, yeah, so both outside and inside. And possibly will probably get fined and or have their liquor license temporarily pulled, which will hurt their business, and they might shut down anyway. So right. I mean that's true, but also I think it's clear it's not just homeowners; it's residents or property owners. So you can have an Airbnb, not live in New Orleans, and still make a complaint on behalf of Airbnb against a bar or against a music venue or against a, a so strip club, it, whatever you it, want. This reminds me of the story that I'm sure you could, Ethan, talk to us about, about the couple that moved in next door to Bacchanal, right? And then mm-hmm. they they made a complaint that, you know, they, they were from like, what, Connecticut or something? And they, they were unhappy that there was music that was at Bacchanal. Or the story you know? of the people it's, who yeah, moved common, in. Yeah. Or the story, all the story <laughs> of the people who moved um what it reminds me of is the story and of the Mimi's? people who moved into right next to Mimi's and then they lost their their yeah, um, entertainment. Yeah. Their entertainment. Right, yeah, that's right. And, no, I went upstairs and, to Mimi's and, a couple And Soul Sister had ago. to move out of there. Yeah. Right. They, yeah, right. You moved into the Marini. Right. Right. And so like this is this is a common thing, right? And the fact they've expanded to half a mile. I mean, you can't conceivably so, see or hear a business from a half a mile. Right. Away. So how do so how come the businesses have not I, I mean, I mean, when you think about, I mean, you think of like a, a bar, like something that, you know, Siberia or hi-ho, mm-hmm. whatever that are smaller or whatever. But when you think about large bars that, that really, you know, Pato's, you mm-hmm. know, Pato's or, you know, the, you know, Harrah's or, or House of Blues or any right. of these larger, you know, even corporate entities, have there, has there been a, uh, um, a unification? Because yeah, hypo- hypothetically, someone can make a, I complain against I don't know Ace Hotel, right? For the music right, that right, they're right, having right, there, right, five right. people could do that, right? That's you know that would be me. I live I live within yeah. a half mile of the Ace I Hotel. I also wanted to say that um, people can make complaints against like managers of of venues that have a felony on their record. They can get them shut yep. down because of yeah. that. It's discriminatory. It's super discriminatory. For a felony? For having a felony yeah, on their say, record. I don't like this guy with a felony. I don't feel yeah. comfortable. And yeah. they can make that complaint as well. Mm-hmm. It's there's When you unpack the entire like legislation, it's, it's dangerous on multiple levels. Like There's a lot of different... Can we get into some? Can we it. get into some of those nitty gritty details? Because I think that yeah, folks are sort of understanding the larger implications of surveillance as well as like controlling women's bodies. But I think the, what we always try to do is give specifics of like what are some of the specifics on here. Like so, the, one of them is this like five people complaints thing, which sounds absurd. I mean, that it's crazy. Yeah, it that is. sounds crazy. And is in his sound? Are they going to bring sound back to all this as well? I mean, you'll be able to complain because something is too loud or so the music. What, is- yeah, what they said, the actual head of safety and permit said that they could use these cameras to look for sound violations. The catch is the cameras don't record sound. So <laughs> of course, what happens of course, is of course. Uh, what they would do well, is then look course. for things that look for things that produce sound like instruments. Right. So or a DJ setup or something like that. So there's um, so it was you're the not, absurdity of that. Right? So if you don't have a right. permit for or for sound or for music or live music, they could see like a brass band outside and say visually say, oh, OK. One, that could be a noise violation. Two, so, you're not allowed to have to me, music. this seems like they're trying to destroy... I mean, this... You know, one thing that we talk a lot the about... Disneyfication the Disneyfication of New Orleans. Of New Orleans right? Yeah. This is exactly where I was going. I know. I was the, waiting for you to say it. Right. Yeah, this is this is moving us down the path of the Disneyfication of New Orleans. Right, and I would just suggest, imagine how New Orleans culture could have grown if there was a camera looking over what people creating jazz music 100 years ago, right? And there were cameras everywhere so the police could come in and crack down on whoever was making music at that time, the New Orleans culture would not have happened. And Thank God there weren't cameras then. Yeah. Right, and, and so now in this space, like, are we creating a system where we're essentially cutting off any new uh, 
neighborhood yeah. version of that because we're now using a camera to enforce every conceivable ordinance um, from someone from City Hall who doesn't necessarily have to or care to understand the culture. They just know that this is the law and this is what we need to stop. So two things to that. One, funny aside, because it's New Orleans, I can't decide whether or not we simply couldn't afford the cameras with the sound or we just like or we just like didn't think it through all the way because like both of those things are very possible. Yeah, maybe they thought it didn't sound good. Like it's just like <laughs> the second thing of that being like I'm sitting here as you're talking about, I'm imagining the Candlelight Lounge in the Treme mm -hmm. getting complaints from people who just moved into the Treme. Of course. And the yeah. freaking Treme. Of course. So that, well, that's having, the other thing, like, too, is that, that we're going to, uh, you know, you could potentially see bars that are that are potentially owned by uh, uh, communities, you know, folks that are... Uh, I mean, think of any bar that you like right. that I has mean, any that, sort that of would live have performance less, at all. All bars right. I like are loud. <laughs> That's why I go there. Right. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to have fun. Right. 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 We're right. trying to enjoy ourselves. Right. But um, I pulled up the let's see the grounds for revocation or suspension of permit or remedial sanctions. Let's see. It says set forth the following reasons: permitting any disturbance of the peace or obscene, lewd, sexually indecent, immoral, or improper conduct on the licensed premises. Whatever improper conduct means. Okay? Right. What, what does that mean? Because y you two that are that are dancers, I you know, like you said, they you know people are going there. It's a strip club, and so you are doing sexually suggestive dancing maneuvers right. or what have you. Uh, how <laughs> how does that... maneuvers? It's. I mean, it's also like you said, it's subjective. So it could also be like I don't I'm know. A doctor, leave me alone. It's, it's, no, it's I a... loved it. No, that was perfect. I like the clinic. Sure, we're, to... we're very clinical. I'm bringing the clinical. <laughs> I think I think I think on I think on top of that because I, I can't stress like the humanist part of this is that like this is just like opening up to subjective like, oppression because like like a, the ACLU version of it is what you're talking well, about. Well, just like like a um the word you use like improper conduct like under one person's gaze improper conduct could well, be yes, that's a could huge, be a black person smoking a cigarette outside the bar. Right, right. right it, that could right. be improper conduct. They're like, what's this guy up to? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It, it, here you go. Yeah. yeah. It just opens the floor for so much discrimination and profiling Absolutely. for th that is, it's just yeah it's just it seems yeah. like so are they starting really big like this to get a response to get a feel for what's going on and they're going to kind of narrow it down a little bit or that's kind of what they're doing with this abo ordinance right that's what because I'm... last year last year they were trying to just get cameras in every bar blah blah obviously it's unpopular so they're like oh let's test the waters with problematic bars but let's make problematic bars easy to immediately discriminate against or yeah. to profile because we're to classify everybody every, oh, because oh, and yeah. within a 0.5 mile radius and you know instead of it only 70 percent of all owners mm -hmm. within 300 feet is the current right, law right? right so it's like that that requires a large amount of the community to hate that bar or be like this bar is a problem we mm -hmm. get glass on our streets you know there's fights every day or something that actually would you know piss off 70 percent of the people an actual right. nuisance bar as opposed to like I'm a competing bar, and I'm going to get five of my right. friends see, that's, to complain. That's what that's too. what I see right. or you as own well. An Airbnb, right? You own an Airbnb in the you own an Airbnb, and the music is playing a little later than you'd like. Your guests are complaining. You can find five people to make a complaint. You don't have to live in anywhere around the bar. You just have to be a property owner within a half mile. Right. So this is this is a license to shut down spots, right? Right. And just to, just to clarify, I can't make five complaints. No, five okay. different okay. people have okay. to make a complaint. Okay. But just it is one. unclear that 
you might be able to start a petition and have five people sign it, and that might work. Yeah, I mean, well. you think five people is nothing, nothing. in a half we a mile. We literally have five right. people right. in this room right now. Right. I mean, that's right. what bar you want to make a complaint we, about we right now. We can make a complaint right. against the bar and get it shut down right, right. now. Right. Complaint against the council. <laughs> There's five of us in this room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> hey. You um, don't want so, this. so what's so what's happening on uh, on Thursday now? Oh, we, I also, there's a couple more okay, I was going to go please, through, please, actually. Please, please. Um, also, failure to pay any sales, amusement, or excise taxes, fees, liens, or fines. So basically, if you fail uh, if you f- fail to pay certain taxes, et cetera, they can also do that, which I understand that, but they want their money. Um, the conviction of permit holder or retention of a man, retention of a manager who is convicted of a felony, super discriminatory. Yeah. Wait, if I, mean, I own I my own business and I want to, box. and I right, decide yeah, that this you. person has enough exactly merit to be my say. manager... I don't want the city telling me who I can and can't hire if I feel right. like this person is a competent manager and good yeah. at their job. Right. You can't tell me who to hire yeah. if right. I own a bar or or business. Right. These these seem like... It also it should go without saying that just because a person has a record doesn't mean that they can't do a That's job. Exactly, exactly right. right. <laughs> Especially Let's in this city, that. the city yeah. of yes, right? Yeah. The, city, <laughs> the city of yes that, <laughs> that just banned the box. Well, right? it's yes, but... Yes, but hey. Uh, we'll find out more about that tomorrow. <laughs> and then there also, yeah, we have the written complaints of five property owners. Uh, and yeah, sales without permit. Um, all the rest of this seems pretty consi- uh, pretty consistent with uh, so, what well, was... Well, pure. Well, go ahead, Ethan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing I wanted to add is one of the things around... Uh, when you have violation, who decides what your penalties are? So who would decide who get cameras? Yeah, is the, what is, is what is going on with that? Is so, there a committee that's going to get together? Because this seems like they're going to be pretty busy. because so, it's going to be pretty easy to violate. Right. You know, anybody can lodge a complaint. So we have the Alcoholic Beverage Control Board, who are appointed by the City Council. They're a non-elected body appointed by the City Council that would decide which bars get what penalty. So they could decide which bars get cameras installed inside. So it opens itself. It opens the whole process up to bias, right? Both both unconscious and conscious bias to say, these are the people we want to surveil, these are the activities we want to surveil. And we look at what they did because they just, went, the, a lot of the strict clothes just went through this process. And I would, I would tell people to watch that hearing because you watch the people, there's a couple men in particular that keep talking about cameras and sort of not exactly giggling, but it seems like, you know, not taking the whole process very seriously, right? And keep saying, well, we could get more cameras. Or can you get, you know, higher definition cameras? And oh, what right. are the, you know, the peeping Tom table that you were talking uh, about yeah. originally? And so, yeah. and so the fact that these people would decide who was surveilled, when are surveilled. And the fact that they would even make jokes about it right. in that setting, you know? Right, exactly. It's so disrespectful. It's the climate. It's, it's the climate. Right, where it makes it okay to do that. Right. Yeah. And also it makes it obvious that that's going to occur. Right. It's... Because I was going to ask and you why you... it doesn't you, seem like it would be taken seriously if it did occur. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no no question about that. So if you're tuning in, you are listening to 102.3 WHIV. This is Resistance Radio. I'm Mark Calendary. With me is Kenny Francis. We are proudly streaming live on 1230 AM WBOK. Today we have with us the Bourbon Alliance Responsible Entertainment Entertainers, also known as Bear, as well as Macno. We are talking about the ABO ordinance uh, that will go up for... Uh, uh, City Council for a what's it called again? The uh, it's in the hearing. It's a it's hearing. A hearing yeah. uh, in so there's city gonna council. be a hearing through the committee, which is being right. chaired by Kristen Palmer. And then if it gets out of committee, then it goes to the full council for a vote for the next council meeting, which is the February seventh. Right. And again, it's just I guess it goes without being said that it's just kind of like because we're seeing it with is it Kristen Gillibrand who's doing it or is it Kamala Harris that's that's taking a strong Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris has taken a strong kind it's of. 
Kamala Harris has taken a strong um, sex worker stance, and which in which when you hear from sex workers, they're saying you are hurting. Literally, what she was about to talk about. Yeah, you are hurting yeah. our cause. So please. Yeah. So I also wanted to just backtrack one second and say that the people who can suspend or revoke these licenses um, is the mayor or the superintendent of police, which I just find interesting because what if they disagree or like, is the police just going to do what he wants to do? And then, you know, I don't know. I just wanted to put that out there that that is who is saying the That's things, but at, um, the whims. at the whims of right. either one of them. Yeah, they can do it for like, they can do an emergency suspension. Yeah, they can just like that. I mean, that's what we've seen as clubs. The thing is, like, they can do it without investigation, a yeah. proper mm -hmm. investigation. Um, the ATC. According to the bill that they're trying to, yeah, that they're going to hear allows, allows on Thursday. It allows the government to, like, kind of have more control over a city, and the city usually conducts its own investigations and makes these decisions. But now, yeah, we're kind of going under the moralistic attitude of Louisiana instead of what's right for New Orleans well, and, and like our Kenny residents said, Jeff and our community. Yeah. And um, let's go back to uh, Kamala Harris and Sesta Fossa because yeah. she's more of an expert than me. I'm definitely not an expert, but um, I just wanted to link the ways that, you know, this, the surveillance and criminalization of, of work here in the city is, is like also being connected with this overarching national um, blow that sex workers ha were hit with last April 2018. On April 6th, Sesta Fosta went into action, which... Sesta FOSTA stands for um, <laughs> Stop Enabling Sex Trafficking Act and Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, which basically <clears throat> they shut down back pages. Um, back pages back are pages classified where right. uh, sex workers would be able to advertise their services. Mm -hmm. And also have a database for com communicating with each other about what clients are safe or not, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but it, it held where what it does is it holds all third parties on the Internet liable for any sex trafficking. So no websites anymore wanted to host any kind of, you know, work like that. And now even Facebook and stuff, they're they're actually monitoring your private messages. If you're sending oh. sexy pics to your I boo or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram, yeah. too. I mean, Instagram is always taking down pictures of like women just looking hot you know right, right. but then you you know you see anyway that's a whole other thing but kamala harris is I, I really don't know a lot about her you know i would love to see a woman of color be our president but she not is her. unfortunately no. Sorry. she she's no, very she's not, no dude she's not good pro, i didn't say anything all right she's pro sesta fasta and right. so she is not understanding the implications. And I was listening to her talk today and she's like, I just want to, you know, help my well, people. Well, she, she has, she's I just, having I a, I want to listen um, to them, blah, blah, blah. She's having a town hall in Oakland tonight, actually. In fact, probably right now she's having a, that's probably why you heard her speak today. She's probably getting ready for her big town hall meeting uh, in Oakland. Mm -hmm. to kind of talk about her candidacy. I heard she has a bad prison uh, record. As she has well. a terrible. She was the uh, she was the attorney general for uh, yeah. in uh, uh, California. in she California was and she was yeah, years. prosecutor and she was terrible. She has a terrible terrible track record and in fact she had the opportunity to put uh, Mick Mulvaney on trial for his horrible uh, practices with his mortgage company that he had in California and she just let him go. Let him go. I love how I you're mean, looking at me like I like 
spurned Kamala Harris to run for president. No, like, I'm just I'm just sharing with you because I know you don't know that level of detail. So I'm just strong. I'm sharing with you something that I know you. I didn't realize know. I didn't realize I was controlling who's running on the Democratic side for president. People of color. I didn't realize. I, 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 I okay. hope if you well, are, if, if I am, well then let's take Bernie off the list and take Biden off the list and take right, Kamala so off the list and get someone realistic. Up let's there. put Jill Stein back on. Um, so, <laughs> sure, <laughs> we can have a bunch of non-vaccinated babies running around. So um, so That'll anyway, so so why Gross. so what's the meme what's the meme of um that they're saying we're trying to protect sex workers how is it not protecting sex workers the the, the like the sesta act uh okay so what what's that what that's done is it's taken away a very safe platform which is the internet um for sex workers to do their work independently and so it's it's helped so many people you know not have to work with a pimp or um or just you know have more access um, in general, and if you to travel clients. to clients and and to a database of um, safety as well, right, connecting right. with other workers, right? Do you want to say something? Oh, when you're done. Okay, and um, and so now that that's been taken away, so many people have had to revert back to less safe measures of doing their work. So, you know, you heard a lot about people getting, workers getting, you know, messages from old pimps right after SESTA-FOSTA went into effect. From April 6th to April 14th, 13 sex workers died. And, and we don't know what the stats are past that because no one's keeping track. Nobody cares of course, of about course. sex workers. Yes. And most of them are sex workers of color, of trans course. women of color. Uh, of course. You know, so. Yes. It's a vulnerable whole. and marginalized population. Yeah, so course. I'm like, why? Why is she for this if if she cares so much? I agree. Well, I mean, part, one of her quotes, like that you sent me, actually, is uh, that why uh, she says. Uh, why from my earliest days as a prosecutor I've led the fight against Backpage and other sex trafficking platforms and she wants to keep, make it possible for victims and state prosecutors to hold online sex traffickers accountable um, but what that actually does is it drives things more into the dark web and more underground and like she said pimps etc or when you do things like close down strip clubs girls that didn't want to do other types of sex work or you know or were comfortable dancing are driven into other forms and industries that they might not be comfortable in but yeah she basically has like she she talks about uh pimping minors um you know with back page and oh, there's like no evidence of that, there's no right? evidence of that um but right. you can do that on the dark web still anyway right. and people, still... They, they'll find yes they will find a way but what they what she did take away was women's safe platforms to vet their clients where they can you know look up I don't know. I guess I, I think what they do is they look. They just are able to look them up via the internet or get in contact with them and then vet their clients. Yeah. And so screen your clients. And I and I've known that right background checks and stuff like that. Right. Um, I'm familiar with that. I've heard sex workers talk about that and also calling one another and checking references and yeah. stuff like that. So would it be fair to summarize this as what we're seeing both locally here in Louisiana as well as like nationally is a is legislation that is rooted in one in controlling women's bodies and this sort of like moralistic view mm -hmm. of people's sexuality and the choices they do with their body. Um, two, it's also this backwards idea of you're quote unquote trying to protect the vulnerable community while creating a vulnerable community with the message you've chosen right. to do that. And then and just destroying free speech. And then just to like sprinkle in some civil rights abuses, you're throwing <laughs> in unfettered surveillance. <laughs> Where we don't know what you're doing with it, and you're gonna use it, and we're gonna see it start popping up in court cases, and then also to like local context, 
Remember that time where like 80% of the city are hospitality workers and you're talking about closing down bars that are employing people? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Think about that as well, right? And yeah, it's it's uh it's So something. if you so, can so hold on, let me finish. So okay. if you care about any of that that we just said cuz there's a I count at least 6 Civil rights, like civil rights abuses, there at least six. Maybe if someone else is keeping track, like maybe more. Um, if you care about any of that, how can people act on this before Thursday? How can people act? Yes. How can, how can, how can If someone was so inclined, how could someone help? So the easiest way right now is to call and email the council, right, um, and just let them know you oppose the ordinance uh, and and why. And the ordinance is number. 32523 32523 yep it is uh and so the easiest way is to just contact them you have a uh you have a committee meeting this thursday likely uh the government affairs committee at 10 a.m but then it has to go to council so you have two different times where you can uh have input and you can i always look at it the same model that we did for like you know resisting right when the president you can call every day there's no reason you can't and, and object you can email right um and so just by doing that and expressing what did you can look actually look at our Facebook page is the easiest way to find the ordinance right now, um, which is just M-A-C-C-N-O page on Facebook or look up Music and Culture Coalition New Orleans. We will also get it on the front page of our website uh, this evening. It's M-A-C-C-N-O dot com. So you can actually see the ordinance. You can see some VAR analysis and we'll link to some of Bear's stuff as well. Um, and, and so you can actually... Look at all this from your own eyes. You don't have to take our word for it. But And we'll uh, also make sure yeah. that when this podcast gets posted tomorrow that we'll post the link to where you can leave a public comment um, and also the information. The last thing I want to add to that well, is... Hold on, go ahead. Before we'll I give also you the, add the link to the actual petition, or the, not just the petition, but also to the actual ordinance. So if someone is inclined to read the full 17 to 22 pages of it, they are welcome to... Like you said, it, it, not take our word for it, but you can read through up? it yourselves. Yeah, I just want to add one more thing. Okay, because I have one this, more question Is that like... If folks were looking for folks to, to people to, to focus on, Kristen Palmer and Cindy Nguyen did put their names on this. Right. And I, um, was, and I was about to ask, why Cindy Nguyen? Why Kristen Palmer? Do you know? Have they spoken openly? Have they just talked about why they themselves are, are doing this or what their interests are? I think that like speculating, right? Because they haven't come out publicly for it. I think that like speculating on this, you look at. I mean, honestly, this is simply like neither of them wanting to look, quote unquote, soft on crime. That's what this is. This is like a this is a I'm tough on crime vote, because if you think about like the impetus for this, these surveillance ordinances in the first place. And like Ethan and Sable has said, this has been several years of this and it keeps coming back. And this comes back to this one. It's like moralizing um, behaviors. Right. That's one thing. And then there's this is there's this like surveillance, like tough on crime. There's this prevailing or shut down Not strip clubs when they don't realize that that's the place we're the safest. Yeah. I'm the safest. I have security everywhere. I'm less safe everywhere else in the entire city, but I'm the most safe in a club situation yeah. because and we have hospitality, barback security. And there are cameras already in strip clubs. Yeah. yeah. We're good. We have surveillance. <laughs> and also, more, more broadly about the surveillance, it's also that, like, this is yet another quick fix for what are deep-seated issues, right? Instead of investing in affordable housing and job training and education and early childhood and the things that are the social predeterminants to poor health and crime, let's just throw cameras everywhere because that makes people who write state. checks yeah. 
feels safer when election time comes up. That's what this is really about. Instead of actually investing in the community. Kenny Francis, thank you so much. Ethan from Acno and also Bourbon Alliance Responsible Entertainers. Thank you guys so much. Coming up thank next you. is Mega Music Monday.